It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Our season recap continues as we look at five big questions your Atlanta Magic face this offseason that don't have anything to do with the draft or free agency. We're just going to talk about the roster and where and the questions this team has to answer moving forward. It's time for a big edition of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is May 5th, 2022. My name is Philip Ross and I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we're going to talk about five big questions I have for the Orlando Magic's current roster as we start to look ahead to the offseason and into the, into the 2023 season. Obviously, We have the draft. We have free agency. There's a lot that's going to be added to this team. There's going to be a lot that's going to change about this team. But I want to focus more specifically on this year's roster and what they need to do to kind of take their next step up and take the next step that they're going to need to take uh, to to be the team that we all hope they can be. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, whether it's on your way home from work at the end of your day, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's great Locked On podcast covering every team in the NBA so you can stay up on the playoffs. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. You know, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to sit here and just, and again, say this repeatedly. Today's episode is about the current roster. Um, you know, obviously, when I say what are the big questions that um, that the Magic have for the offseason, the number one question is who they're going to pick with their draft pick. Um, it, it, just like last year when the Magic had a top five pick, um, this year with the top six pick, uh, a guaranteed at least top six pick, um, everything's going to revolve around the draft the best player, the most talented player going to add is through the draft. And, and, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to sit here and hide from this fact. 
the number one thing the Magic have to add is top-end talent. The issue is not that the team is not talented. The issue is not that the team does not have solid NBA players or interesting NBA players, or interesting young NBA players. It's they don't have the top-end talent to tie it all together. It's going to be a constant theme we're going to be talking about um, as we get closer to the NBA draft lottery, obviously, in a couple of weeks here. But also as we get through the offseason is who is the guy this team is building around? Who are the guys the team is trying to emphasize? And I have a little bit of a, a post on Orlando Magic Daily, which we'll probably talk a little bit more in detail about tomorrow. Um, just talking a little bit about this and, and how the Magic have to start team building. But again, I want to spend today focused on the current roster and, and what players on the current team have to do. Because, you know, Jamal Mosley said it, you know, I, I'm going to keep hitting this this point because they, they really set the, exp- Jamal Mosley really set the expectation. You can agree or not agree with what this means or whether Mosley was right to sit. Um, but I, I do believe it was correct to say this team needs to take a step up. Um, I think everyone in Magic fandom essentially agrees that the Magic cannot be playing for the worst pick in the draft, for the worst record in the league and the best pick in the draft next season. That That phase of this rebuild should be over. We have a lot of really nice young players. We have a really good um, young veteran in Wendell Carter. We like Markel Fultz. You know, Jonathan Isaac's still hanging around, obviously. Um, but between Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner, and whoever the Magic pick, you know, maybe that isn't a championship core on its face, but it's enough to get the ball rolling and get this team moving on to its next phase. And, and I do think we all expect the Magic to be more competitive next season. Uh, again, I'm not going to sit here and set a firm expectation for what the team should accomplish next season. I'm not going to sit here and say it's playoffs or bust because it's absolutely not playoffs or bust next year. But I do think we all agree that the Magic should be, A, not one of the worst teams in the league next year and should be at least flirting a little bit with the play-in tournament. I don't think they have to make it, but um, I think with the individual growth that we expect, even with Jalen Suggs' injury, um, that we should expect this team to at least be on the periphery of that play-in discussion where – it becomes clearer what the Magic have to do and, and who the Magic have to go out and get to get to the next level. Again, this, it, it, I, I see this comparison. I see this complaint a lot that, oh, you know, you're, you're, you're setting the ceiling at the play-in tournament. You shouldn't be going all into the play-in tournament. I agree completely with that. But it is a, a step up. You know, remember, the 2007 Orlando Magic with Dwight Howard made the playoffs as an eight seed. You got to go through that step before you get to the next step. And obviously, I think that was that's something that I am, you know, fairly uh, – not – overly critical about uh, of this front office, but I do think the, the path not taken for this front office was to go in a little bit on that 2019 and 2020 team and actually try to make them better. Um, you know, again, I sat here, I, I will take the, take some, some blame on that and say I'm wishy-washy on that as well. Since uh, I believe that the, that, you know, chasing after Russell Westbrook would have been a mistake for this franchise. Um, and, and, but obviously I think that was the big move that the magic could have made to, kind of solidify themselves as a playoff team uh, a little bit more than, than they had by, by running back the roster. But let's get back to this year's team. Obviously, then, to take that next step, we have to see the Magic begin to establish an identity, establish their way to play, and establish a way that they can win consistently. And, and obviously, coming off of a 22-win season, um, you don't see that. Um, you, that's not overly apparent. That's not uh, abundantly apparent uh, of what this team's trying to do or who this team's trying to be. There's little hints of it. And I said this throughout the course of the season, that a big goal for the Orlando Magic this season uh, was to just show the outlines of who they want to be. They don't have to have this identity set, 
that we need to understand, okay, this is the direction the team wants to go. These are the kind of players the team wants to get. These are the kind of uh, people that are, these are the kind of things that Orlando under Jamal Mosley, um, somewhat under Jeff Weltman, like and value. Uh, and, and, and in that sense, we saw a little bit of that identity begin to form. Obviously, Orlando had the second worst offense in the league. And, and, and I, I truly believe that, okay, the Magic have a lot of really good defensive pieces, but they're not going anywhere without a more consistent offense. Um, their offense is holding back everything else. You can't be this bad offensively and be successful anywhere else. And, and I think I think that's just, frankly, that's, that's the whole thing right now is add some offensive players, add some shooting, space the floor a little bit better. Um, get a guy who can create his own bu- create his own bucket and play make a little bit. You know, ease pressure off of some of these young players that you're asking a lot from. And, and again, I, I don't think the Magic have to be a top ten offense next year. I think if they're a top ten offense next year, they're probably making the playoffs proper because um, I think their defense can be really good. But at at the end of the day, the big thing that the Magic have to focus on in their player acquisitions is offense because there does appear to be something there defensively, and that was a big focus for Jamal Mosley throughout the course of the year. For a team that finished with the second-worst net rating in the league, the second-worst record in the league, Orlando finished 19th in defensive rating, 112.1 points allowed per 100 possessions. And after the All-Star break, even including how poorly they played in the last few weeks of the season when they were clearly not trying to do anything resembling winning, the Magic finished 7th in defensive rating after the All-Star break. So about 20 games, about a quarter of the season, at 111.2 points per 100 possessions. It doesn't seem like a big difference and I would agree it, it, the rankings probably reflect a bigger difference than the Magic actually played defensively. I think there's still a lot of steps this team has to take defensively. But it, it, it is something. Um, it, it's not something to disregard. It is something to build on. That doesn't mean it's guaranteed to come back. It doesn't mean that the Magic are guaranteed to play at a sustainably high level defensively for an 82-game season. That's part of the mystery. But there's at least some sign or some inkling that, yes, the Magic can play defense at a high level. And that's going to be really important to their identity because especially as you're trying to ease the offense, you want, especially for a young team, to create turnovers, to get out in transition, to play with speed. And and that was a big focus throughout the course of season two is playing at a faster pace. Um, Again, the Magic were 29th in the league at offensive rating, 104.4 points per one in possessions. That's the biggest thing holding this team back. But the Magic finished 10th in the league in pace. At 99.7 possessions per 48 minutes. Um, this is a good sign. I, I think in many ways it shows that Orlando is getting up the floor. It shows that they are that they are getting a lot of possessions. And, and to some extent, it shows um that they that they can play at a fast pace, that we're gonna kind of move out of the kind of middling pace that the magic played under Steve Clifford, under Steve Clifford. Um and, and that should take advantage of some of the athletes. Um I would argue, however, that this pace number can be a little deceiving in that Orlando was not the one in control of that pace, whether it was turnovers, which you expect from young teams, young teams turn over, turn the ball over a lot, um, or just an inability to finish in transition. Um, I do think that there's a little bit of fool's gold in the Magic's pace numbers. Orlando finished here 23rd in fast break points per game at 10.8 per game. To me, that says that, okay, there's a lot more possessions in Orlando Magic games but the Magic aren't the ones scoring off those possessions. Again, you look at when the Magic got absolutely blown out and housed, it was because they were getting run at, run back at and, and destroyed in, in transition. Um, you know, you think about the Milwaukee games. Milwaukee destroyed Orlando in transition. The Memphis games, and again, those are two of the best teams in the league, so maybe not the best comparisons for this young team. But nonetheless, 
there is there is something there. There is something there to say that, okay, the Magic were playing at a faster pace, but whose pace were they really playing at? Of note there, too, um, when the Magic, when Marco Fultz was in the game, the Magic played at a pace of, I think, like is 114 possessions for 48 minutes or 112 possessions for 48 minutes. When Marco Fultz was in the game, a lot more positive outcomes for this Orlando Magic team. So I think there are positive signs there, but I think there's a little, I think those numbers are a little, are a little misleading in that, in that sense. So again, the big thing for Orlando, just as a team development, is focusing on developing an identity, being better and more sound defensively, playing at a controlled but fast pace. That's who this team wants to be. That's who they told us they wanted to be all season long. Now they got to actually get into it. We're going to talk a little about some of the big improvements individual players have to make as we look ahead to the 2023 season. We'll get to that coming up here in just a minute. But first, a quick word from our pals at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's run for the Roses as Kentucky Derby is back. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic your first listen every day. Make sure to go check out the Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Raphael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by our friend Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA Draft, Mock Draft, Player Rankings, and of course, Big Boards. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Make sure you check it out today to get yourself ready for what's going to be a very exciting NBA Draft for the Orlando Magic. So there's, there's there's obviously this big team idea of what the Magic need to improve and Magic need to develop. And, and again, Jamal Mosley made the promise we're going to level up next year, that everyone has to level up next year. Uh, and, and that goes to also the individual players. Um, the team has to come together in a new way. Um, every season's different. But the players have to level up too. And, and there are a lot of areas where the players need to make significant improvements. And, and I want to start with the guards. The Magic's guard play was inconsistent. Um, obviously, had a rookie in Jalen Suggs who was prone to make a lot of mistakes and, and obviously didn't have the best offensive year. You had Cole Anthony who's, you know, who had to create a lot more than I think he should and, and create a lot more than I think ultimately he will he will when when the Magic are kind of in their final form of, of this iteration of the, of the, of the franchise. Um, it, it's, it, it was rough. And, and a lot of the reasons the Magic had a lot of offensive struggles was because their guards struggled, and, and I could get, I, I can get in deep into the history of the Magic's lack of guard play um, throughout their franchise history. Outside of Penny, T Mac, probably Daryl and Jameer Nelson, 
the Magic's guards have been really terrible in, in Magic history. Um, and, and obviously, Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs are trying to change that. Markel Fultz also trying to change that. And a big area where they have to change is just their ability to finish at the rim. Cole Anthony talked about needing to get stronger, needing to be able to take some take that contact a little bit better. But you look at the numbers, uh, and and their finishing at the rim was just not good. Cole Anthony shot 55% in the restricted area on 2.8 field goal attempts per game. So he was getting to the rim a little bit. Suggs shot 58.9% in the restricted area on four field goal attempts per game. Among players with at least two and a half field goal attempts per game. Again, those percentages seem okay. You're shooting above 50% at the rim. That's that's great. These are the closest are in the restricted area. These are the closest shots you have in the game. Among players with at least two and a half field goal attempts per game within five feet, Anthony had the 11th worst mark at 52.1% on 3.3 attempts per game. So within five feet now. Suggs finished 22nd worst at 54.7% on four and a half attempts per game. Suggs had the 29th most field goal attempts within five feet among guards. And these are all among guards. Again, take those take those numbers, step, step back from those numbers a little bit. Especially looking at Jalen Suggs. Four and a half field goal attempts within five feet per game for a guard is really good, especially for a rookie. The one thing I think we can all notice about Jalen Suggs and the way that he plays is, A, he is not afraid to burrow his head in, take a hit, and get to the basket. That's 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 honestly something I love about him. Obviously, he's dealing with some injuries right now, um, but the dude is fearless, and, and, and I love that. And, and I feel like he can get to the basket whenever he wants. And it's been a while since the Magic have had a guy like that. Victor Oladipo is probably the closest. I think there are some parallels between Victor Oladipo's rookie year in Orlando and Jalen Suggs' rookie year in Orlando. And obviously, we can see what Jalen, what what Victor Oladipo has become. Suggs is significantly younger than what Oladipo was when he was a rookie. So keep all, you know, I, I think that's a comparison. Maybe we draw it a little bit. Um, later in the offseason. But on top of this, Suggs was unable to finish particularly well at the rim. Again, 54.7% sounds like a good number, but when you're talking about close up shots, you need to be up in the 60s, especially if you're going to take that many. And missing those shots, especially as a guard, means your backside help is, your your, your get back help is a little bit late, um, is not as strong or is not particularly as good. And obviously your offense can kind of get imbalanced if the guard is constantly going to the basket and unable to finish. It should be noted too that RJ Hampton's finishing at the rim and within five feet were both were worse than both Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs. So it's easy to see the Magic have a little bit of a problem here, where their guards are able to get to the basket, they're able to generate some offense, they're able to 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 make a dent in the defense, but a they're not able to kick it back out to three point line, and some of that is experience. Cole Anthony is a better improving passer, but not quite there yet, and Jalen Suggs was a rookie. So the Magic were relying very heavily on young guards. And, and I think we could see once Markel Fultz got back and Markel Fultz did finish very well um, at the rim and, and within the, within the five feet in the restricted area. Um, we could see when Markel Fultz got back, how much looser the offense got and how much more he was able to create for others off of his dribble and off of his penetration. Um, that those are things that frankly, Young players like Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs, you know, again, this is stuff they're learning how to do on the fly necessarily and, and something big they're going to have to work on this offseason. Um, it, it, it's something they struggled with. And again, I think that's not the whole reason why the Magic struggled offensively, obviously. I think there's a lot of reasons, but it is a big reason why the Magic struggled. And of course, Suggs' ability to get into the paint and get to the basket, that's a big thing, a big thing to promote, a big thing to say, okay, 
this guy can take the next step or this guy has more room to grow and get better um, if he continues to improve on these things. So obviously there are still a lot of things the Magic have to improve on, a lot of things the Magic have to get better at as they move forward, as they uh, take take these steps forward um, as a franchise and, and, and into the future. Um, uh, undoubtedly too then, uh, a big part of the Magic's development is what comes next for Franz Wagner. Um, we talk about the guards. Franz Wagner was actually very good at getting to the basket too. Um, you know, again, area where he could still improve. Wagner, it was undoubtedly the brightest spot on the Magic's um, roster this year. Average 15.2 points per game, 46.8% from floor, 35.8% from beyond the arc. Stood up for most of the season until an ankle injury kind of bugged him toward the end of the year. And obviously, the biggest thing with Franz Wagner that we all say, that we all see, is he can do a lot more. His usage rate hovered around 20% for most of the year. His best moments came in December when his usage rate bumped up into the tw- uh, up into the mid-20s. Um, he can do a lot with a little, and we think that he can do a lot with a whole lot more. Um, Wagner, Wagner has a pretty complete game. Again, he, he's going to get better finishing at the rim as he adds strength. That's something that he said he knows he needs to do. Um, he's really good at keeping defenders off balance, really good at creating space to get to the basket and finish there. Um, can get a little wild, but that's that's okay. I think that's something that he will continue to learn how to do. Um, but there's a very clear area where he is ready to do a little bit more and, and, can, and can add to his game to loosen up other parts of his game well, too. And that's his mid-range jump shooting. I will continue to say this point, especially if the Magic do want to put Franz on the ball more. This is an area of his game that is very unknown and undiscovered for him. Wagner took only 39 mid-range field goals attempts this season, according to NBA.com. Let me repeat that. Franz Wagner, in 78 games, took only 39 mid-range field goal attempts, according to NBA.com. That is shockingly low. On top of this, he scored only 1.8 points per game on 34.2% shooting on pull-up shots. So again, maybe, again, very low, small sample size here. But again, not the shot that he's necessarily comfortable with. And, and, and the one thing I think we all like about Franz Wagner, the one thing that I think Franz Wagner is very good at is he doesn't play outside of himself. He always plays within himself. He always, he, he does what he knows he's good at. He doesn't do what he's bad at. Um, and, and I think that's something that's always been appreciated about Franz. That's something that's always been, um, always been a good thing about, about him as well is, is, you know, he doesn't do too much. He moves the ball quickly. If the drive isn't there, he moves it quickly. He doesn't try, you know, there are a few opportunities where he backed out and then tried to drive again. Um, but most of the time he keeps the ball moving and no one wants to change that, but a little bit of aggression will go a long way for Franz Wagner and make him a significantly better player. I think a big part of the areas that Franz needs to improve on, especially is with that mid-range jumper, getting a little bit of a pull-up game, getting a little bit of, of a, a jump shooting game, um, a little bit of keeping defenses off balance by being able to stop and hit a free throw line jumper, a two dribble pull up, because they know he's trying to get to the basket when he gets inside the paint. Adding that little unpredictability, um, again, mid range jumpers are the providence of the stars. Franz Wagner's earned the right to take mid range jumpers. Um, he's just got to develop that part of his game. We're going to talk a little bit about some roster battles, some roster insecurity, and some roster questions, especially when it comes to Wendell Carter coming up here in just a moment. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. 
So I endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer. Choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for more than 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, mortar oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck like locked on in there. How'd you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. I'm going to dive, uh, I think, a little bit deeper into the depth chart, um, at least as the Magic currently has it, uh, and talk a little bit about some of the big roster decisions um, the Magic have on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. Um, also of note, we will do a Twitter Spaces as well. Um, do our do our weekly mock draft Friday uh, on Twitter Spaces. Just follow me on Twitter, at Daily. We'll do that at about 5.30 p.m. Eastern time uh, on Friday. Um, so tomorrow, tomorrow um, if you're listening on Thursday, um, so we'll, we'll definitely hit another mock draft. We'll definitely hit, uh, another, uh, another, um, conversation there as well. So, uh, um, we'll, we'll, we'll have plenty to interact. We'll get back to talking about the draft, especially now that we're coming up on a week before the, before the NBA draft lottery, a week before the big day. Um, I know we're all excited about that. Uh, but, uh, the place I want to start, uh, but the place I want to start to kind of dive into some of these roster questions is with Wendell Carter. Um, Though player is probably as ensconced um, as, you know, Gwendo Carter is clearly a core a core piece, at least of this current uh, construction for the Magic. They obviously offered him a big contract. He had a fantastic season. He feels like a, a real building block piece, someone that can go anywhere the Magic need and, and has some versatility. Um, he averaged 15 points per game, 10 and a half rebounds per game. Uh, for the season, averaged 19.6 points and 11.6 rebounds per game after the All-Star break against some limited action there as, as he did have some injuries. Um, he was a great defensive backstop. The Magic used him to defend all the best centers in the league. He held his own for the most part against them. He became a fulcrum offensively. They were able to run uh, pin, They were able to run stuff, stuff off him and around him. He, was made, he made great decisions. This was a breakout season for Wendell Carter and really – fulfilled what everyone thought he could be coming out of Duke. Um, I remember writing about him during the draft process and being a little down on him because he was a jack of all trades, master of none. Um, but that kind of stuff is valuable. Um, you know, again, he just does everything well. It's very, very hard to find something he doesn't do well. But there are some questions that need to be asked about Wendell Carter, especially when it comes to team building. Um, a, a big point that I'm going to make throughout the course of the offseason is – how do you successfully build a team or, 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 or what, what does it take to build a team to tie it all together and make it work? A big thing is, is finding the guys that you actually want to build with and 
limiting their weaknesses, covering up their weaknesses, and promoting their strengths. And so I think there's a legitimate question that needs to be asked right now about Wendell Carter. He had such a good season, but he did it largely playing powerful, not center. Um, so the question is, can he be a full-time center? According to basketball reference, Carter played just 37% of his minutes at center. He played 1,013 of his 1,852 total minutes, about 54.7%, uh, alongside Mo Bamba. He played an additional 66 minutes alongside Mo Wagner and 82 minutes with Robin Lopez. That means, taking all that math into account, Wendell Carter played 62.7% of his minutes alongside another center, which again, makes sense if 37% of his minutes came at center, according to basketball reference. The Magic used two big lineups throughout the season. Um, they didn't do a lot of Franz Wagner, Chuma Okiki, Wendell Carter lineups. They obviously didn't have Jonathan Isaac back there. The Magic used a lot of lineups where Wendell Carter was not the quote-unquote center or not the only big on the floor. Um, so obviously, the Magic are planning to bring Jonathan Isaac back at some point, and, and, and he would seem to slot in at power forward. Obviously, the Magic will have the option to take a guy like Jabari Smith, like Paolo Bancaro, like Keegan Murray, um, who are more natural power force, who are more natural stretch force. And so the question is, can Wendell Carter have the same effectiveness, defensively especially, without that shot-blocking backstop, without a Mo Bamba as a, as a, as a second rim protector behind him? I think, I, I don't think, I think this is a question that he can. I do think he can get, I think he can get there, especially with Isaac, who is a great rim protector. Paolo is a pretty big dude too, although he's not a rim protector. Um, you know, Jabari is more of a traditional stretch four. I've, I've compared him a lot to Richard Lewis. Um, Keegan Murray is more of a traditional stretch four. So those guys, I think, would would bring up bigger questions about how the Magic adds some extra paint protection as well. But I do think Wendell Carter can get there. So I don't think this is an answer that's a crisis or something that Magic have to specifically squeeze in. But I do think it's a question. It is an unknown within this Magic context whether Wendell Carter can play without a center behind him. Um, again, he's a versatile defender. I think he can do it. I absolutely think he can do it. I don't think this is a huge question, but Wendell Carter certainly played a lot of minutes where he wasn't the only rim protector on the floor, or he wasn't the only center on the floor more specifically. And I think that certainly does raise some questions and thoughts of, okay, how do we make sure we get the most out of Wendell Carter? How do we make sure we cover up his weaknesses uh, and promote his strengths, which is what you're supposed to do with core players. Part of me thinks that a lot of what the Magic were doing with Mo Bamba this year, um, again, Mo Bamba had a really good year. Um, he earned the starting spot. But I do think the Magic did a lot of that to experiment and see, okay, a Wendell Carter-Chet Holmgren pairing can work because Chet Holmgren is very much early on is going to be like Mo Bamba, where you know, he's a little skinny. He's going to get pushed around a little bit. He probably can't defend Joel Embiid and and all those guys, uh, and Nikola Jokic and those players, they need a Wendell Carter to defend those guys, but having Chet Holmgren as a second shot blocker behind him certainly doesn't hurt, certainly doesn't make things worse for him. Um, I do think that to some extent that the uh, Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter lineups were a proof of concept for whether Chet Holmgren can work alongside Wendell Carter, and, and I think there's, there's obviously some good returns to suggest that maybe that can work uh, potentially, if, if that's ultimately where the Magic go in the draft. Regardless, this is a huge question because now it's it's very clear to me that the Magic do need to add another center um, in free agency uh, to this roster. 
Um, whether it's re-signing Mo Bamba, which I think is certainly a possibility, whether it's drafting Chet Holmgren and adding another veteran to replace Robin Lopez or bringing back Robin Lopez, I suppose. Um, I think the Magic do need to make adding a third big and a reliable third big, not just someone that's gonna that that that's just on the end of the bench not playing, but someone that they can trust if they need him to. Um, I do think that is going to be a really important need for this Orlando Magic team because I don't think it's a hot. I mean, I, I would say it's like. 70% clear or 60% clear or something like that. I think it's pretty clear that Wendell Carter can do it, that I don't think it's 100% clear that Wendell Carter can be a full-time center in this league because he hasn't done it successfully and certainly hasn't done it within the context of the Orlando Magic. And they didn't get a lot of opportunities to see how that would work and how that would play out. Um, that's that's a question. So that's just a question I have. Again, I think it's a question Wendell Carter can answer. And I think it's a question that Wendell Carter can succeed at that I don't think it's an answer that we fully have quite yet. And that's that's why I bring it up here. We're going to talk a lot more about the Magic's roster construction uh, and some of the big decisions moving moving forward on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Sit your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore and being, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic. Be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily as we continue our player evaluations and a whole lot more. That's going to do it for us today, though. We want to thank you for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For your next listen, go check out the Locked on NBA podcast from the first jump ball play and tournament to the last position of the finals. Locked on experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. Obviously, we can still learn a lot from the playoffs as the Magic begin their roster construction. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Lockdown Magic. This has been Philip Ross and Mike. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Lockdown Magic. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.